0: To permit Iglesias weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. I want thank, you know, uh, my brother Rene again because I, I called him Thursday. I was like, bro, title Company just reached out to me and, like, I have to, I, I, I can't, I can't preach this Sunday. Can you take over? And he was like, yes. And uh, so uh, thank you, bro, because I know I put you on the spot a, a lot. And, um, but, man, I'm grateful for, for men of, of, of God like this because he's, he's ready. He's on the front lines. He's ready to go. Um, so with that, I, I want to ask that you give your attention this morning to our brother, Renee. He's going to bring the word. And uh, let's just let's liven up the mood this morning. Let's, let's uh, give a round of applause for God. Amen. 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 God bless you, church. It's good to be in the house of God. Amen. Amen. Um, when uh, Pastor Ryan called me Thursday, uh, it was before lunch, so I was vulnerable. <laughs> um, he uh, he asked me to if I could bring the word, in uh, like, "This Sunday." And so I was I, mean, I was really close to saying no. Uh, I, I always like to help every time I can. And especially because I was still fighting a cold, so I want to be—I want you to be patient with me this morning. And uh, I was really close to saying no, and then he said, uh, "You were my first choice," and I felt like really honored. You know, I-, I can't say no now, so I had to say yes. I mean, unless that's what he says to everybody. <laughs> but I want to believe that I was his first choice, so I, I felt honored. And. Uh, I immediately began to think and in prayer and asking God, I was driving and I was start seeking God, asking God, what do you want me to, to bring to your church? And I trust that God gave me a word for our church this morning. And uh, I want to ask you to open your Bibles in the book of Matthew chapter twenty four, and we're gonna read verses thirty six to fifty one. Amen. And if you have it, would you mind standing up with me as we read God's word? <clears throat> Just be a little patient with my runny nose. Amen. It's okay. We're all family here. Okay, verse 36. The word of God says, For us in those days before the flood, I'm sorry, verse 36, But of that day and hour, no one knows not even the angels of heaven, nor the son, but the Father alone, for the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. For as in those days, before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not understand until the flood came and took them away. So will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then there will be two men in the field, one will be taken and one will be left. Two men, two women will be grinding in the mill, one will be taken and one will be left. Therefore, be on the alert, for you do not know which day your Lord is coming. But be sure of this, that if the head of the house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have been on the alert and would not have allowed his house to be broken into." For this reason, you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not think he will. Who then is the faithful and the sensible slave who his master put in charge of his household and give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is the slave whom his master finds so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you that he will put him in charge of his own possessions. But if the evil slave says in his heart, my master is not coming for a long time and begins to beat his fellow slaves and eat and drinks with drunkards, the master of the slave will come on a date when he does not expect him and at an hour which he does not know and will cut him in pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let's ask God for his help this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for bringing us here together uh, to worship uh, you. I pray, Lord, that this morning you help us receive your word, you receive your message. I pray that you will be the one who speaks to your servant. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Maybe may be seated. It's, uh, I can't believe it, the last time I, I uh, preached a message about Jesus coming. And I began to think about this passage um, because I think uh, in the times that we're living, uh, we're in a dangerous situation because I think in in some churches we're getting a little comfortable and we're not ready to receive the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's a dangerous situation, it's a dangerous spot when we... uh, We feel comfortable, you know, like these people that Jesus is talking about and the people like the times in Noah. uh, When Noah began to preach to them and and tell them, you know, there's a flood coming, this is really happening, I'm building this ark, this is your only chance to survive, this is your only chance to be saved. And no one believed in him. And everybody was just having a good time, everybody was just living their own lives, doing their own thing. And nobody was paying attention to what's going on. To what's really happening. And in our time today, I think it's, it's, it can be dangerous if we get in a comfortable spot and, and begin to think, well, Jesus hasn't come. My grandmother used to preach, my grandpa used to tell me all the time, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. You know, I've been hearing this on and on and on that Jesus is coming. When is he really going to show up? You know, we might be, be really, uh, beginning to think that he's not coming or why is he delaying? So we begin to get a little bit comfortable in our lives, in our lifestyles. We begin to build treasures. And, I mean, that's not bad, but we begin to get comfortable to what we have. We begin to love this world a little too much, I would say. And we do not uh, acknowledge the truth that our Lord Savior is coming. It could come today. And if it comes today, are we ready, church? Are we ready to receive a Lord and savior there's a story tells about a man who worked uh, as a security guard. he worked during the night ships and his job was only to watch over this building that's all he had to do um, he, his boss was a very rich man he had this building where everybody used to work and during the night nobody was in this building so he all he had to do was just Watch over it, make sure nothing gets stolen. in, nobody get, breaks in. That was his only job, to watch her over the night. And uh, his boss was going to go to, uh, to a trip uh, somewhere out of the city. He was going to fly out. And the next day, this security man comes to his boss and says, Boss, boss, I know you're going to fly out of the city, but I got to tell you something. Don't go. I had a really horrible dream, and I dreamed that on that plane, it was going to crash and you were going to die, so please don't go, just stay here. You know, the boss just kind of ignored him, and he decided to go. He went, took care of his business, he came back, nothing happened. When he came back, immediately, he came straight to this man, and he said, you're fired. The man was a little shocked, he said are you firing because I was wrong about my dream? He said, no, I'm firing you because you were sleeping when you were supposed to be watching. <laughs> this man was not really taking care of this building. Instead, he decided to take a little nap. And uh, I know it's a silly story, but it reveals a great truth: church. I'm afraid that in some of our churches, you know, in our in our jobs, in our where we're living, in our schools, in our homes, some of uh, some Christians are sleeping when we need to be watching. And when I say sleeping, I mean sleeping. You know, spiritually, we're not spiritually awake. We're not alert. We're not looking in our surroundings. We're not paying attention to what's going on. We're not paying attention to the people that surround us. Uh, when Jesus says, "Be alert. Be ready." He 's talking about you know being alert prepare yourself and do the work of God and the message of this morning it's is for both uh, Christians and non-christian people it's a message for those that need Jesus in their lives it's a message for the ones that desire a personal relationship with Jesus it's a message a message for the church a message to remind us the importance of Remain watchful to stay alert, expecting the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus. The disciples had asked this question, and they asked Jesus. They told him, when would these things happen, and what would be the signs of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus explains to them that there will be observable, worldwide, and unmistakable indications of this coming just before it occurs. But of the day and the hour, no one knows, not even the angels. Jesus tells them, and uh, he he says that no one knows the day nor the hour. No one knows exactly when Jesus is coming. And I think it's a good thing that we don't know. It's a good thing that we don't know exactly when Jesus will show up. If we knew the precise date, we might be tempted to be a little lazy in the work of Jesus. And uh, or worse yet, we might plan to keep a life of sin and uh, get right with God right before Jesus' return. It's a dangerous situation. And uh, Jesus says, only my father knows the time when I'm coming back. And Deuteronomy 29, 29 says that The secret things belong to the Lord, but the things revealed belong to us and to our sons forever, that we may observe all the words of His law. The secret things belong to God. There are certain things that God decided not to tell us. And this is one of them. He decided not to tell His people when He was coming back. He just said, I'm coming back, but you don't know when. And now... uh, of course there are those who are still trying to figure out the date and some have even, have even claimed to know the exact date but they have failed. I think there was a man named uh, Edgar Weissnitz something like that. He wrote a book on 1988. He said 88 reasons why Jesus is coming in 1988. And then 1989 he said 89 reasons And he went on, I think he went, he also wrote in 1993, then he said, no, not 1993, and then he said, no, it's 1994. That didn't happen either. But we don't know the exact date, we don't know the hour, but one thing's for sure, sure. Jesus is coming. He's coming like a thief in the night, and we need to be ready. Jesus' coming will be swift and sudden. There will be no opportunity for last-minute repentance or bargaining. The choice we have already made will determine our eternal destiny. And Jesus' purpose um, in telling us about his return is not to simulate predictions and calculations about the date, but to warn us and to prepare us and to be ready. And the only thing that we can do is to obey Him and to have a personal relationship with Jesus, and waiting for His coming. And there's a few attitudes addressed in this passage that can help us in our work, in our walk with God, as we uh, wait for Jesus' coming. And the, fir- the first one is alertness. Jesus uses the flood to illustrate the way people used to live in the times of Noah. He said it will be. Just like in those days of Noah, in those days people were not expecting a flood and they didn't, didn't care about what Noah had to say or what he was building. They thought he was crazy. They didn't believe nothing that he was saying because his people were so focused on their own lives. And in the days of Noah, before the flood, they were eating and drinking. They were marrying and giving in marriage. While Noah was building the ark, he was also... Preaching to them, he was telling them about this flood that God had told them that it was coming. In Second Peter, Peter calls Noah uh, a preacher of righteousness as Noah was trying to reach out people before the flood came. But the people was just so focused on their own lives that they didn't care about what Noah had to say. They had never seen rain, much less a flood. And notice how it says in verse 38 and 39 that he says that they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And then verse 39 says, and they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So you can imagine as Noah was building the ark and preaching to them, even though after he closed the door, he said nobody can come in anymore. Even until that time, some people still didn't believe. There were still living their own lives, worrying about their own thing. And it wasn't until they saw the rain, it wasn't until they saw the water raised up, it wasn't until that flood took them away that they realized that Noah was actually preaching the truth. And I'm afraid that time is going to come when Jesus returns and he takes those that are faithful to him, the ones that remain here, that's when they're going to realize, you know, it was really true, Jesus was really coming. <coughs> and I hope that... Every one of us will be ready for that day. And Jesus is telling the disciples that the coming of the Son of Man will be like in those days. People will reject the gospel. Everybody will be so focused on their own daily routines and their own lives that they're not going to pay attention, they're not going to listen to the truth. The word alert It has the idea of being watchful, paying close attention to what's going on in our surroundings. Noah was being alert. He was constantly receiving instructions from God about how to build the ark and what kind of animals to put inside and how to organize everything. And in the same way, we need to be alert. The way we are living, being alert with our families, in our work, with our children, that's how we can be ready for the coming of our Lord and Savior Being alert. That means that when we see something that is not right in our lives, immediately we fix it. That means that if we see something that is not right in our children and our spouse, we talk to them and we try to fix it and we help them out. If we see somebody struggling, we help them out because we are trying to be alert for the coming of our Lord and Savior. The other word is readiness, to be ready. Ready to receive the coming of a Lord and Savior. It probably goes without saying that Jesus comparing himself in character to a thief. He's not comparing himself you know, as a thief, but he's comparing his coming to the stealth and unexpectedness of a thief's coming. There are several passages in the Bible that explains it the same way. <coughs> and as Jesus here points out, A thief never tries to rob a place where he knows he's suspected, and certainly not at the time that he's suspected, right? When we got robbed here, we were not expecting a thief to come, right? But now we know that it can happen, so we got security cameras. So how do we get ready for the coming of Jesus in our lives, in our families, in our homes? How do we get ready? If I know that there's a thief coming to my house, but I don't know which day, I don't know which hour, I'm gonna make sure that every day before I go to sleep, my doors are closed, the windows are closed. I'm gonna make sure that my kids are in their room safe and sound, and I'm gonna make sure that I have something you know, to defend my family. I'll probably get security cameras too. But as a family, as, as, as the head of the household, as parents, as believers, we take care of our families by being by making sure and being ready that they're ready to, to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, it's 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 a sad thing to you know um, that some of some parents may not know exactly what is the spiritual situation of their child. It's important to know, as parents, you know we love our children. We want them to be with us for all eternity. We want them to be ready to receive Jesus. We want them to be to to go with us and meet Jesus, our our, our Savior. But as we uh, as we stay here, as we live in this world, we got to make sure that they're they're also ready for that coming. And uh, it, it takes a lot of work, uh, church. It takes a lot of work for that, but uh, it pays off. And uh, <clears throat> when we are devoted to follow God, when we are devoted to do everything that we can to, uh, to follow Jesus, we're, gonna t- we're going to work uh, you know, even harder to make sure that our families, our children, our spouse are also walking with us hand in hand with God. And uh, the third uh, attitude is faith, uh, faithfulness. And in the last verses, he talks about being faithful to Jesus. Being faithful as we wait for the coming of Jesus. <clears throat> Here, Jesus is obviously addressing believers, those who have submitted to him as Savior and Lord, as divine Master. The believer who is found faithful to the Lord in what he has been given will be rewarded. God wants us to remain faithful servants until his coming, working for his kingdom, knowing that Christ's return will be sudden and an unexpected should motivate us always to be prepared and to remain faithful. We are not to live irresponsible, sitting and waiting, you know, doing nothing. As faithful believers, we should always be working for the kingdom of God. As faithful believers, we should always be working for the kingdom of God. And uh, this passage that uh, I'm talking to you about, uh, it's a passage that reminds us to be ready for the coming of Jesus. It's a passage for those that don't have a right relationship with Jesus, so they can come and begin to walk with God, so they, they can expect the coming of Jesus too. And it's a passage to remind us that we need to be alert, we need to be ready, and we need to be faithful. And uh, it takes a lot of work. And it, it takes a lot of work for us to, to do that, but uh, it's something that we we must begin to, to do. And uh, as we wait for the coming of Jesus, you know, God is going to help us. He's going to allow us. He's going to bring us new opportunities into our lives to, to, um, to do the work of God, to, <clears throat> to bring more people to the kingdom of God. Uh, this past, uh, well, we were doing the fasting. Um, you know, when, you, when, you, when you're working, there's not a, a lot of options you know about what to eat. So um, <clears throat> I was eating. I was I was eating bread uh, during that time. <laughs> it's not a confession. Some of you, some of you did. I know some of you did eat some bread too, and some cheese. Yeah, you can't give give away cheese and coffee. I know you did. <clears throat> So, anyways, um, so the only option that I had was, I you know there's subway. Let me see what I can get here. Um, they had, uh, you know, nothing but vegetables. So I put nothing but vegetables on my flatbread and extra cheese. <laughs> so I went to the subway and I was working in this area, and there's this Hispanic lady, and I told her what I wanted, and then. The next day, I was in the same area. So I thought, okay, Subway again, it is. The third time, I ate Subway again for like three days in a row for lunch. And uh, I didn't went there for a while, then I came back, and uh, the, it was like the fourth time already. I went, and then the lady said, vegetables? She already know exactly what I wanted. I was like, yeah, just give me the same thing. And uh And at that that time, this lady, this Hispanic lady, she told me, "Um, are you vegetarian? You don't eat meat? I'm like, Lord have mercy, no. (laughs) I am not vegetarian. I just, I I explained to her, I just said, you know, I'm not just eating meat. I'm doing this special fast. And she's like, oh, okay, I I see, I see now. And she asked me, as I was paying, she said, "Uh, does fasting really work? And, uh, and I say, yes, it works. You know, when you do it with a sincere heart, it just, they're a means of grace. It gets you close to God. And uh, she said, well, that's good. And then she started telling me, like, her story and all her problems. And, uh, you know, this is a lady that I've never met before. I com- she's telling her problems to a complete stranger. You know, serious things that were happening in her life. And I thought, well, I don't know why she's saying this to me. I was listening. And I tried to give her some words, uh, encourage her. And uh, I told her, you know, it's never too late to see God. And I think it was her husband that was trying to, you know, see God because it was a husband who did something to her. And um, I told her, you know, you know take your word, take the word of uh, your husband and start going to church. I think God can, can help you. He, he can really heal your marriage. So I went home and I, t- I mean, I told her before I paid it, uh, I had to you know move out of the way because there was a line <laughs> waiting for a <our> conversation. <laughs> so I told her, I'm going to pray for you. you. know, I'm fasting right now, and uh, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for, you, for your husband. She gave me her name and her husband's name. And when I went to my shark I was eating, and I began to pray for them. And I realized that when you get close to God, um, God gives you those opportunities to to share the gospel. And uh, when we get close to God, church, you know, especially when we know that Jesus is coming soon, it's going to motivate us to work even harder and to get closer to God. And to make sure our families have a good relationship with Jesus, and to make sure our children have a good relationship with God. You know, if we don't put the time and the effort in our own salvation, and the time and the effort in our own family's spiritual life, you know, it's not gonna work. We gotta put time and effort in knowing how our children are doing in their spiritual life, how our spouse is doing, how our family, how our friends are doing, how our brothers and sisters in, in our church are doing with God. When we know and we realize that Jesus can come today, he can come tomorrow, he can come anytime, that's going to motivate us. Let us not get comfortable. Let us be on the alert. Let us be ready. Let us be faithful, following Jesus and expecting that Jesus can come in any minute. And I was thinking of this and, and wondering, how many time do we really spend to our families, you know, how many time do we really spend in devoting to God in our own salvation, making sure we have a right relationship with God? And if, let me tell you something, if we're letting the church taking care of teaching our children, it's not going to be enough. It's just not. Because coming on a Wednesday, coming on a Sunday, that's just going to give them about an hour for the whole week of teaching, learning about the Word of God. What are we teaching them the rest of the whole week? We've got to make sure we're close to God. We've got to make sure our family, our whole family, are together following Jesus. We've got to make sure that they know that we're expecting the coming of the, of the King, and we need to be ready for His coming. I'm going to ask you to stand I'm going to ask you someone to help us with the music and my challenge for the church this morning is to do whatever it takes to make sure that our families that ourselves have a good relationship with our Lord and Savior to make sure that We're walking right with God. And uh, I want to honor what Pastor does every Sunday. And I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and bow your heads. And I'm simply going to ask that if this message spoke to you in any way. If you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus. If you're not walking with him. If you know that he comes today. If you're not ready. Let me tell you that. Jesus is here and He's ready to meet your need and He's ready to begin a relationship with you. I'm going to ask you just to raise up your hand and we're going to pray for you. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at PrimeraIglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.